Welcome back to Marvel News Desk, your best place to keep up with all the latest news, reviews, and speculation concerning Marvel films and TV shows. It is Adam and Rihanna, myself, Caleb. We are mere episodes away from the end. I know we've been saying that for two months now, but it's really happening eventually. <laughs> um, guys, Adam, I want to start out. We were just talking about various ventures we have. Uh, are you going to start moving towards the Kickstarter for uh, for the uh, the comic that we've been talking about for a while now? We're yeah, we're moving, man. We're we haven't even talked about this, have we? Caleb's writing a comic with me, uh, or Caleb wrote what? pages of a comic. Yeah, yeah, I wrote uh, one of the stories in his monster compendium. I'm not sure we call it House of Haunts, right? Is that yeah, what yeah. Yeah, House of Haunts, number one, that's going to be later this year. Um, we're not going to do a Kickstarter for, for for our next book. We're going to do like the pre-order thing like I did with Knock Number One. We're just going to put something up on our, our new website. We're, we're killing Lunchroom Riot. Rest in peace, Lunchroom Riot. Lunchroom Riot's dead. But uh, Meltdown Press will rise out of its ashes because... Um, you know, I'm all about the corporate synergy and I want as little as like few LLCs as possible. So, yeah. So we're going to do a pre-order for the hat. And then, um, baby Barnhart was going to be here in May, but now baby Barnhart says he's coming in April or the doctor says baby Barnhart's coming in April. So I don't know when the next Kickstarter is, uh, we want to kickstart knock number two, knock number one and knock number two. So you could get both issues, dependent on whenever june july we'll see how much baby barnhart sleeps um and then house of haunts this fall slash winter featuring the comics debut of caleb orchers so like a halloween horror story series like a halloween release yeah pretty yeah it's it's yeah yeah, it's kind of like uh like tales from the crypt or creep show or something of that nature caleb's story gets pretty gnarly i'm surprised he he went to those depths um <laughs> but no i liked it yeah, and i even made him submit a story too to uh go in front of our review board wow so like oh yeah no nepotism there, here there was a board i thought it was just you there's more than you <laughs> like this <laughs> no it was it was Kels. how many people it was like four Three or four of us, maybe. Wow, awesome! You like Caleb's story, didn't you? Yeah. See, Kels liked it. It's, it's okay. We, we can bleep it out if she says no. So yeah, no, it was it was fun. It's just like a little seven or eight page story. The crazy thing, I know you've. I mean, Adam, this is old hat for you, but like when you write it, you kind of like you put like descriptions of the panels. But then Adam has been getting an artist, and I'm actually like seeing pages now. It's kind of crazy to like. Cause I could never draw any of it. And so seeing like a good artist put those ideas to pencil and paper is pretty exciting. So. Yeah. Like uh, I was talking to uh, Raven Metzner, believe it or not, Iron Fist showrunner season two. And he's like, man, uh, um, cause at one point I'm not sure if he still is working on it. He was working on an image comic book, um, but that hasn't come out yet. So I don't know what's going on, but he's like, Comic like you write for screen and you like write everything you need to happen. You know, you write that he grabs the pencil from the right and does blah 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 and says this. Whereas comics so sequential storytelling, so collaborative, you put your words down and then it's up to the artist to interpret it. And sometimes the artist doesn't really interpret it how you expected. But uh for the most part, 
um it's just cool to see how how someone um takes your words and brings them to life yeah and i think the artist we found for caleb's story is pretty spot on it's uh kind of triggers my the last the lassophobia yeah the lassophobia of fear of open and deep water um yeah yeah so that's coming out sometime this year where we have uh one short stories done more short stories are being worked on so we'll see i was thinking about it a little bit that it's just one baby and not like three or four babies so that's good (laughs) dude okay so I remember the first time we got a ultrasound for our first kiddo, mm-hmm. the like the OB's like doing it. And she's like, all right, uh, just one baby. And like in my brain, I simultaneously felt incredible comfort that it was only one mm-hmm. and utter fear because that was the first time I had actually considered that maybe it could have yeah. been more than one, you know? <laughs> yeah. So. yeah. I was reading like the results or whatever. And it, it said like, one alive fetus or something i'm like well at least at least it's alive yeah that type of stuff but cool all right let's uh let's talk about echo um we'll just get into it and then we can talk about i think the ramifications of echo that sort of happened quickly as well which is interesting for things we've talked about on the show uh but let's start out very generically uh guys how did you like echo did you enjoy the show loved it one of my favorite marvel things Earnestly, I, I like it. It's definitely one of my favorite things I've seen as of late. Um, post in in game, up to like two shows you've watched. In-game. Yeah, well, hey, it's, <laughs> it's, it's my the favorite better of, of the those. two things that you've seen in the last four years. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> I walked into the shop the other day and uh, someone was watching Loki season two on the TV. I'm like, oh, I should probably stand here and watch this. But, <laughs> No, I, love I I was so happy. I I mean, like it's not a masterpiece, but mm-hmm. it was. I I was so happy. Um, yeah, I I I was very very. Like I don't, I don't know if I shared with you guys. Like when I got to the end of Echo, I just like cried a little bit because I was like, I just needed a really good show. That I enjoyed, mm. you know, I just needed to end one and not be angry at it. Yeah. Um, and it was, I mean, it was a lot of what I needed. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think I probably enjoyed it the least of you three, but I, I liked it or us three. Mm. I like, I, I enjoyed it. And I think there was a lot of solid things about it. There's some other little things that, that bug me. We can get to that later, but um, yeah. I think what what I I think we would agree on this. It certainly was true for me. We've talked about how like you don't need like the end of the world or even the end of the galaxy to tell a compelling story. Like all you need is a character that you like and put them in some kind of mortal danger, and then and then we're we're on board. And so like watching that first episode and seeing her mom in the car crash, I was like, oh, I actually really feel something like. This is not the end of a world, but it is something that is emotionally impacting that this poor little girl is going to lose her mom in a car crash, you know, like you you could have something that's emotionally affecting with stakes that do not have to be multiversal to like work. And I feel like that's something we've been asking Marvel to do for quite some time. 
Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Even like when you said that about this, I was like, what was she even fighting against? I just kind of felt like she was just angry. But I guess she was fighting against something. Yeah, I mean, you know, it wasn't yeah. like she was trying to save the world. It wasn't even like she was trying to save somebody. She was just angry. It was like a Kill Bill situation. Yeah, and there's something about uh, like her, her keeping herself and her identity and stuff, yeah. Mm-hmm. THR just did publish some Daredevil stuff. Have you guys seen it yet? No. Uh, regurgitating everything. Um First reported on comicbook.com yesterday. It's starting next week. Um, it's no longer going to be 18 episodes. And the only new thing is Philip Severa, who acted as stunt and fight coordinator on the Netflix version of Daredevil that ran in the mid-2010s, has returned. Oh. No Chris Brewster. I did not hear Philip that Silvera, Silvera. Silvera is back. Yeah. He has returned to the fold to act as both stunt coordinator and directing second unit. That so, is very exciting. That's good news. Oh, that just showed up on my Save Daredevil feed um, like five minutes ago. Oh, yeah. We're um, getting hot news right off the presses, guys. So that I that to me, that is huge. Because, I mean, that's the first episode of Echo was my least favorite. I did not enjoy the fight. I did not enjoy the Daredevil cameo. Like, I mean, I think I think it had purpose and it, it was great. But that fight, I didn't watch it the first time around. I watched it when it leaked. And I didn't watch it the first time through the show. It, they, they need Phil Severa. They need Phil Severa. I would love for them to have Brewster, the, the stunt double. But he's done a lot of bridge burning with that. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah there's no way brewski's coming back like he has gone on scorched earth <laughs> yeah. so like i would be shocked if they brought him in but so because he only stuff. needed to wait like a month he just needed like like a like, month and a half they were gonna bring everyone back uh-huh. that's exciting though i just kind of got goosebumps that's interesting yeah so Rihanna, I mean, talking about that first episode, you did. Did you say you didn't like the first episode or just the fight scene? So I mean, I felt the first episode. I mean, obviously that first episode they needed to throw a bunch of information because they want this to be a standalone series, but they needed to show why she shot Fisk in the eye. And I felt like they rushed through it, and there were weird time jumps. And I mean, so I didn't love it. Like, I feel like it was the weakest part of the whole series. Um, just because they had to jump through so much. And and compared to the quality of the rest of the series, I think it was um, weak. But, I mean, I liked their use of Daredevil. Just like the fact that Fisk would just be like, oh, you did well against that guy. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like to me, that was a very cool use of the character. Um, That's how I'd like to see him pop up. Yeah. That's, that's how I'd like the interconnectivity to be. Um, But yeah. Yeah. I had some, I had some pretty big concern after that first episode, just this Marvel spotlight as an idea is a little like if every time we have a show, that's a Marvel spotlight show, the first episode turns into like 20 minutes yeah. of a clip show that's like previously in the MCU. Like, 
I know why they did it, and I know they wanted everyone to be caught up. But I caught myself going like another scene that I have already watched from another show. And it did um I mean the fact that I knew like stuff was from Hawkeye or stuff was from somewhere else just kind of made it feel really mashed up and weird. And that first episode, uh I, I get why, you know, why it was what it was, but it was a little a little jarring, I thought, pacing wise and all that stuff. I loved it. I loved it, and I hope every Marvel show does that from now on. Expand those Marvel. Do, do they even do them anymore? The Marvel Legends fan clips or whatever. Like you know what where I'm they, they give you the it? background of the character or whatever. Yeah, they ripped mm-hmm. off what Charles Villanueva used to do for MCU. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> those types of things. You know, I loved it that they expanded on that. And I mean, I would prefer that. And having to rewatch a show that I didn't care for the first time. Like if Nick Fury comes back in a spotlight show, I am not watching Secret Invasion again. I'll tell you that much right now. But if they give us five minutes worth of clips that shows us every single plot point we need, I'm fine with that. Did they do they didn't do any sort of legends or anything for before Echo? I don't even think they like publicize that stuff anymore. It seems like the assembled episodes or just kind of show oh, yeah. up. I realized the like, other is day the that... Echo assembled out already. Uh, usually it takes a little while. I realized the... the other day that there's a what if assembled, and I was like, well, we know how you made it. You drew it. You know, like, what, what is there to <laughs> <laughs> What would be funny yeah. is if you watched it and they did just do an animated assembled where all of the animated characters were standing around, you know, backstage. That would be cool. Like that the would old, be hilarious. Uh, yeah, like the old Pixar bloopers. Yeah. That would be great. Yeah. Um, no, but they could have done a Legends episode for Kingpin. That yeah, they no. did, but I yeah. put it on Instagram only. Apparently, that's true. <laughs> they did it as one of the commercials. I mean, and that's what I mean. You talk about just like hitting in the fields was that commercial that basically mm-hmm. made Daredevil canon, where they showed clips from the Netflix shows and put it as part of the Echo. You know, and had the name of the show there and showed it with the Echo uh, advertisement. That was that was pretty exciting. Well, you know, we should probably go ahead and talk about this. When the show came out, all of a sudden, all the Netflix shows were put in the timeline of, you know, the timeline order for the MCU, basically crystallizing them as canon. Uh, as somebody remarked, it's interesting they didn't bother to talk about them in their canon book that came out two months ago. But, um, you know, this is something people have been wanting for a long time. I think it's a lot more clarity than we thought we'd ever get on this. Adam, did you get the sense that this was always the plan? Or, I mean, you're our, our no. insider. Have they kind of did they kind of come to this no. realization late on? Or what's up? I have no idea what else it's going to take, but I, I was on comic books phase zero earlier this afternoon and there were people in the chat that said daredevil's not canon because it was just brad winterbaum who said it and i think people need to realize brad winterbaum is no longer just an executive producer for marvel studios brad winterbaum oversees all disney plus 
all streaming, all television, all sorts of that stuff. Um, so by every angle, by all accounts, Daredevil and the rest of the Defenders verse all the way down to Iron Fist is is in the sacred timeline. Um, I don't think that was always the plan because now we're suddenly in a pickle where we seemingly have two Vanessa Fisks. Um, well, no, there's a new actress, and, isn't it? Uh, it's just a new actress. It is, yeah. So and I, it was just because yeah. the previous one was um, unavailable. Yeah, oh, she? yeah, she was in something else. Like it was a scheduling conflict. Oh. Well, there you have it. Um, but, oh no, I mean, like yeah, I, I we've been joking that like people are going to say it's not the same series because they recast the hammer. Um, right, like, the hammer is different. The um, second I saw that, I'm like, no, no. <laughs> why why we have this good run where everyone says it's canon and then we have the the hammer out of everything gee mini christmas they could have found a hammer just i'm sure the original hammer got sold on an auction for a thousand bucks but no it wasn't even i i looked i was on the uh, prop store auction (laughs) i'm like surely the hammer's on there i couldn't find the hammer and it's just like it's so that hammer's still yeah. out there somewhere, and they couldn't use the same hammer. It was probably okay, just it's a... owned by one of the guys that built the sets, and he just like let him borrow it, and then he wanted it back. You know, probably. Yeah. It's yeah. it's crazy, but whatever. I mean, uh, Vinny D said it to THR. I think uh, earlier in the week he said that it wasn't even considered canon until Mister S- what Scarpendini Scarpendini um joined and and started reworking it and making a new pilot because apparently something happened in the old pilot that didn't allow them to bring foggy and karen back but now they're coming back so they had to redo the pilot there were there were things i mean i mean we could talk about we could give a good little warning here and okay you know a good little warning we're talking about daredevil and something that was rumored would happen in daredevil you don't want to hear that rumor check the yeah i mean if you you live under a rock and you hadn't heard like they were going to kill foggy and karen like that was going to be yeah um so i think they're just bringing them back to kill because they they said they're doing a new first episode and that they're keeping they recorded or they filmed nine episodes eight or nine episodes they're keeping six six episodes worth out of that and they're refilming or in the and they're filming three one of those to be a new first episode Mm -hmm. so i think they're bringing them back to kill them on screen that would be something i just want them to bring ben yurik back somehow maybe he like faked being dead or something yeah he knew how to like slow his heart like a martial artist or something well, getting back to like Echo, apparently you can get shot in the eyeball and survive it in the MCU. Did you? Did it bother you guys that like they never explained like the Echo is a trained killer yet somehow she managed to that majorly botch her assassination of the Kingpin? So I don't think so. I asked, um, I asked about this yesterday, and what I was told was that Kingpin just has so much money that the magical eye patch regrew his eyeball and made them all better. 
Okay. So there are some people so rich in the MCU, you can't die. That's the super. Well, and I would say how much money is a superpower? Like, well, and I was about to say, like, what is Fisk's superpower? If anything, it's that he's a brick wall. So, you know, maybe the bullet just hit his eyeball and bounced off. He also did say we will see if they pull the uh, jigsaw thing from Punisher. Uh, but Vincent did tell me yesterday, so long as he's playing Kingpin, he will have that scar. Oh, Which makes sense. But he says he will always have that scar. So we will see if that holds up. Yeah. That was the one thing that bothered me most about, like, I know some people did not like the more supernatural elements of Echo. I didn't mind any of that stuff. It was the hey, the guy who got shot in the face by a professional assassin is back and he's fine. That's the part that bothered me most about the show, honestly. Yeah. Well, do you think they'll ever like work like serum into it or or something eventually, or just have we already gotten the explanation? Mutant mutant growth hormone or something like that. Well, that's the thing. He have you been keeping up with comics? I don't want to spoil his new status quo to you if you haven't. No, I mean I I I'm three or four months behind. I think. Oh, spoil me! Oh, is... Don't spoil Caleb. But... No, you're fine. Yeah. Go ahead. He's the new White King. That's a thing, right? Of the X, the White oh, King of the Hellfire Club. Okay. So he's now mutant adjacent. Um. Hmm. Well, he's they've... an Iron Man, even though it's yeah, it's bizarre, but because they started with uh, where did they start? One of those big crossover event series, they did like a two or three issue thing about him and Emma Frost's like background together. It was in something really random. It was like in Dark Web or something. It was like Dark Web X-Men. It was the history of Kingpin and Emma Frost, Mm. which was kind of interesting. Interesting. Uh, But anyway, so so that's Kingpin status quo post post political aspirations. um, I think... You know, Vincent D'Onofrio obviously is awesome and incredible. I mean, I think his performance kind of is the thing that elevates the show. I, if it had not been him, do you think you would have enjoyed it as much? Or did, was was Vinny D like the, the linchpin to this thing working? I liked it. I mean, and that's the thing. It's I've said it. I've gotten flack for it now on Twitter. Imagine that, that it's it was kind of like uh marvel tv that wasn't afraid to do the silly what i meant by that was to put like a train like they had the budget to do that train scene you know where mike could run on top of a train um and and do like an action set piece like this i understand the defenders were under midtown circle hunting dragon bones or digging up dragon bones but that was shrouded in dark camera work and all that stuff. Um, but what they did with like uh, the um, the the tr- first what's her name Chaffa Chaffa the first Choctaw. I thought that I thought that was awesome. I thought that was dope as hell. Um, they just you know it's not it's like it, it's. A drama television show, but it had enough of those types of moments to remind you it's it's more. You know, they gave her the powers and they reminded you she had powers. So it wasn't just like a, a, 
a boardroom meeting. It wasn't Karen looking at holding companies or something of that nature, you know? Yeah. I well, I really enjoyed the Choctaw story. Like I definitely would have watched it without Kingpin. Like I enjoyed the Choctaw story, the Oklahoma stuff, but I I worked for the Indian Health Service in Oklahoma. So like I Tell me that's after when we're not recording. Okay, yes. <laughs> so I for, do for I, other reasons, actually, not why oh, you're okay. thinking. <laughs> oh, bummer. All right. I do think they did a really smart thing in giving her those sort of slightly elevated supernatural powers because they allow her now to transition back in to something else in the MCU and fit, right? Like Mm -hmm. now she needs to show up in another Spider-Man movie, right? Or if they make some kind of like, because there's been sort of rumors that like Kingpin's going to be this new street level Thanos and we're going to see Daredevil and who knows, you know, Moon Knight and Spider-Man and Echo, like all sort of interacting, you know, she can be on the screen with Spider-Man and, and fit and not just be like a brawler. Um, so I think that's smart. The way they reworked her powers was fascinating. I mean, I've always thought she's yeah. called Echo because she can like sort of copy other people. Right? She's just a taskmaster more or less in the comic books. Right. And so this idea that they totally reworked it to her power is that she echoes with the strength of, you know, her tribal people and all that kind of stuff. I just think that's all really smart and clever. And um, I'm okay to, I don't think echo is such a precious property in the history of comics that you couldn't play with it. Mm -hmm. And what they've done, I would not be surprised if echo gets rewritten in the comics in about a week to become this, because this is actually a better thing. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I, they they couldn't um they couldn't hire a deaf actress and perform Echo as she's written in the comics. Like her 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 superpower was so it erased her deafness uh, essentially mm-hmm. in the comics. Like she was so good at reading lips and everything that you know, like it essentially was like here's her superpower. It makes up for her being deaf. Um, I mean, you can say the same thing about Daredevil too, Daredevil, but right. um, so, like I've seen people complaining about them changing her superpower, and I'm like, one, you never read an Echo comic in your life, like shut up. No, but um, but like two, like her superpower was almost insulting to the deaf community, or is insulting to the deaf community. Um, so I, I, I think the way they did it was beautiful i think the way you learned about each ancestor in a brief little montage at the beginning of each episode and then like all of them came through to support her and the end and her family like people i don't i i i liked how it i really liked how they did all of that and how it played out in the end and i was like at the very end i was like how are they going to do this without killing kingpin like how is she going to get out of this and we're going to believe that he walks away and she walks away without one of them dying, like, and it be believable. And they did that. Like at the end, I was like, okay, like she messed him up in the head and he had to go figure it out. If anything, the least believable part was that he was like in whatever mind space when he was on the plane and the after in the mid credit scene. Hmm. So okay. yeah, I yeah. liked her powers. You know, there's some nerd somewhere just furious she's not the Phoenix, but what are you going to do? 
yeah, just get, give it another, you know, phase or sex and we'll, we'll get there eventually, you know. No, it was, that's the other thing. I Do we need like a real explanation on her powers? First off, when she was on the train for the first time and she started it, did anyone go, oh, Iron Fist? Or was that, yeah. I, am I the only but, one? Like the internet did. That? Did the internet? Oh, good. Like Iron Fist I'm not alone. Trended. Iron Fist trended. Really? Yeah. I think uh, I have a screenshot of it that I can send you. It, it felt, it, it felt like a similar visual effect, I thought, so. Yeah. yeah, I didn't yeah. make that. I, 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 I like, did not maybe... have that thought at all. I to me, I mean, to me, it made perfect sense. It was just like the ancestors are coming through. Just, the... mm-hmm. but... yeah, I'm always a fan of them doing something a little weird and off kilter. So, like the black and white silent movie kind of like thing that they did. I'm I'm here for that, you know. Like to me, it was a little Wandavision esque as far as doing your storytelling in such a different sort of cinematography and feel that it gives you just something. Uh, it, it 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 livens up everything by just making something feel different and unique. It was pretty clear that this was not supposed to be a five episode series. Yep, like the fifth episode just completely ran off the rails. <laughs> like what's what's the plan to show up to a powwow with two vans full of guys only to like and then the rpg that got messy with wannabe bullseye and i don't know it got uh all sorts of all sorts of crazy um but no like uh that one scene where she went into kingpin's psyche or whatever that was probably my favorite moment in the whole show because I mean that character is so tormented and uh, I guess broken, for lack of a better word. Um, that I mean, how do you beat someone like that? You know, it's like that. How do you beat Superman or how do you beat uh, Homelander or something like that? And it's easy enough. You just make him think thoughts that he doesn't want to think. You know? Yeah. So that was a saving grace. Otherwise, that fifth episode was like, what's going on here? I certainly, it did feel to me like they got through it and they're like, we don't have enough action to, I think they had two or three big action pieces and they realized, oh, we got to cut down the episode count because people are not going to watch three episodes Mm -hmm. in between the, you know, the roller skating fight and the, you know, the powwow fight. Like that's not going to happen. So... I was also surprised about how often she was on her motorcycle. <laughs> it seems like twice throughout every episode, there would be a montage of her getting on her mo- motorcycle and like leaving town and then coming back and, and then leaving town and then coming back. How big She's can the town be? She's yeah. a loner, Adam. <laughs> I was just like, wow, she's on her motorcycle again. I just love that she'd like jump on it in the morning and drive to town and do something at, at lunch and then drive back and it was nighttime. And I'm like, this town can't be much more than three square miles, you know? Like, why is it taking her so long to get everywhere? Nah, man. Oklahoma, things are far apart. I guess so, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if the Choctaw area is like Western Oklahoma was where, like, so the thing about Oklahoma, 
she don't necessarily have the reservation and everybody lives on the reservation um because do you guys want me to go into a brief anyways okay so oklahoma was given to the indians right so you have the trail of tears and everything where they're like oklahoma will be indian country like this is crappy land we don't want to live on anyways we will give it to the indians and just moved a lot of indians out to oklahoma and then like america like populated you know like everybody got their 240 acres through the homestead act and everything so they started looking at oklahoma and they were like that land's actually pretty nice and this i do do not i might be wrong you guys but this is how i sort of learned it you know so they looked at it and they were like but if we look at it like those indians have more than 240 acres per person which are you per family or whatever that was used as the homestead act as far as like how we would get people to live everywhere in america was 240 acres um so they literally split oklahoma up and they were like okay like tribes get this much you know like and then everything else is going to be open for homesteading and that's where you have like they had a specific date it's going to be open for homesteading on the state that you'd like literally wait at the border and then you're going to run in and plant your flag and you get your place it's just so like the, the rope is... drop at disney world you know like if you want to get yeah, a rise of resistance yeah. get ready <laughs> right but the thing is like they didn't build a wall so some people like snuck in and then like when they dropped the flags they were like or you know when they dropped the ropes they were like oh look i got this one and they were called the sooners and that's why it's the sooner state because people went sooner than they were supposed to. But anyways, um, as a result, is the state is like sort of cut up. And you have random little plots of Indian territory. So like when I worked for the Indian Health Service, I worked for a tribe where like maybe they had a reservation 50 miles away. But like 50 miles away, there was a street that had like five indian homes and they were homes of tribal members so technically those five plots of land were tribal property they were served by tribal police they like the local city county trash pickup and police force and county police and stuff didn't serve them could not cross onto those like five plots of land so if I, there actually was a story of like somebody getting murdered and they threw the body on their front lawn because they knew the police couldn't cross that line to get to it. And so the people that lived in those homes had to call the tribal police like 50 miles away that had to drive all the way out. Anyways, she they could have been more spread out is all I'm getting at because Oklahoma's weird. Thank you. That was it was it was very fascinating. Uh, <laughs> it was a little long, but it was good. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, no, no, no. You're good. You're good. It's, it's interesting. Um, Rhiannon, you mentioned not liking the first fight scene. Did you like uh, like the roller skating rink better? Or yeah, I thought the roller skating it was interesting. Um, I don't know. I I don't know. Like, I felt like they were trying to go the daredevil route. Like, oh, the loud noise won't bother her, so she's going to turn on the loud noise. Whereas, like, he would always cut the sound and um. But I think turn the lights off or whatever yeah yeah like he would always cut the lights off and um but i yeah i was 
fine with that. I just felt like they were trying really hard in the Daredevil fight. And there was too much. It looked too much like a rehearsal. It looked too much like it was all wired. Yeah. Phil Silvera won't do that crap. It's interesting. What I liked about the Daredevil fight was. Maybe maybe this is maybe we're talking about the same thing. It felt like Daredevil was definitely thinking through the whole thing. Like he was being very intentional and anticipating what she would do. And it was almost like he like he could sense what was happening before it would happen. And so he had like an economy of movement because he was a step ahead of her. There's a part in the fight where he takes her leg and he takes his billy club and bangs it into her leg. And you're going to tell me that Daredevil didn't know that was a prosthetic leg. And it looks, I mean, if you watch it, it almost looks like it's in slow motion. Like, I'm going to take this leg now, and I'm going to take it, and I'm going to bang! And, yeah, I mean, like... <laughs> so, generally he wasn't speaking... thinking... Sorry. Yeah, go on. G- generally speaking, they played up the TV MA of it all. I mean, we've talked about this not on the pod, but it felt a little maybe marketing gimmick. Like, it felt like they really made more of that than they should have. absolutely i think so like i was i think i joked about this with you guys like i think it was less like the gore and the blood i mean one i think the blood we talked about that with werewolf by night that like actually seeing the blood gets them an ma rating i think it's almost like kids would not get this show like it's you know like kids would not enjoy it so let's make it so the kids won't watch though i mean what do you think caleb like at what point do you think your girls will watch it so we think the 13-year-old will be fine. Uh, yeah. We're probably going to hold off a little on the 8- and 10-year-old. But, but I mean, my thing is always, like, how much would they have to cut to get it down to a PG-13? And I only think two or three minutes. Now, it would be four seconds here and six seconds here and eight seconds. You know, like, it's interspersed, but it's still only two or three minutes. I mean, I think... There were certainly things that almost felt like they were playing it up. Like, I think they added digital blood splatter to certain scenes just to make it more, gr- like, grimy Absolutely. than even what they shot, you know? Yeah. I honestly think they could just take out the uh, the Vicky scene, um, and they would, it would be fine. Okay, but the Vicky scene to me was so important to, like, the tone Mm-hmm. that i feel like taking out that moment where like bonnie is having to stare at this dead body I, maybe they could creatively edit it and you know not have the same impact but to me it was a very impactful moment where he's just like right. there well and, and i certainly don't mean that they should have i'm right. just saying that like they could uh, I, don't, I don't know it's it's not like we were watching john wick or something you know like <laughs> it, yeah. it, it was just it was uh it was not as as uh, overtly that way as it as they as they made it out to be, right? Like because the ads were like, "You will be shocked. You will recoil in horror with the TV ma ness of the show." Like I just felt like they led with it like really strongly in their ads, and then you know, and then a lot of the first fight scene was in the ad. You know, like yeah, that guy gets hit in the face with the chair, but he got hit in the face with the chair on the you know advertisement they showed during the national championship game so yeah i mean i enjoyed the pg-13 deadpool 
So, like, yeah, they could make it PG-13. I liked the art version or the TVMA version. Well, and as Adam mentioned, the worst part for kids may be the subtitles. Because we've got one kiddo that does not read super quick for subtitles. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad I'm not watching this with that kiddo because I do not want to have to spend the entire time. Wakanda Forever was already a bit of a stretch. Like, I spent the whole thing, like, leading over to her, like, reading Mm -hmm. uh, the subtitles. Uh, This show would be not good that way, so... Yeah. And I mean, like most of us try watching screeners during our work shift and stuff. And it's just something you can't do with Echo, you know? Yeah. Well, and that's why I didn't watch it all the first night was like, I was just too tired to keep with the subtitles. I watched two episodes. And that's not to say, I mean, I like that they use the sign language in the original languages. It's just a challenge when you're doing it with a, you know, eight year old or whatever. So. What'd you guys think of uh, the way that that her uh, her magic technical uh, contact lens that gave Kingpin oh. like signing abilities? Uh, at, at, at one point, I'm like, he has the tech to like fix his entire brain, but like the best they can do is like that animation. Shove a contact lens in her face. But it was also I don't know, like there was something like uh, that felt like it was new technology. You know, I don't know. There, it just that effect was fascinating to me in some way I can't quite even quantify. Yeah, I um, I heard about that. That leaked somewhere. I don't know. Somebody leaked that, and I thought it sounded awful. I was, I mean, that was honestly like my whole expectations for the show went down so much when I heard about that, and so like I was ready to hate it. And something about the way they did it. And the fact that she hated it, <laughs> the fact that she like threw it in his face, yeah. like I was okay with it. I thought it was cool. I thought it was a cool, uh, you know, a, a interesting piece of tech. I thought the tech was like a very interesting idea. And then the fact that she threw it in his face, it was like, yeah. Well, there was something very illustrative about his relationship with her. That in her town, everybody, because of her and her mom, apparently, like, everybody knew enough sign language to communicate with her. But Kingpin was, like, taking care of her for a decade and never bothered. Like, I felt like that was that was obvious even before she rang at home with that one line, you know? Yeah. Well, and but... Since Dar- oh, go ahead. Oh, but evidently, like, the signing that everybody does like biscuits signing like there's specifically a sign in there that's like a joke that deaf people give to hearing people like i saw like a deaf uh tiktoker explaining like at some point he says understand which is like you raise a finger by your eye and he had it as like the actual sign for standing Uh and you put it under Uh uh-huh and like evidently that was a a special joke about like how yeah he signs but like it's 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 not right (laughs) he doesn't really know signs that's funny (laughs) no but i don't i don't think marvel studios or the people that wrote echo thought about this um but isn't there a moment in there when kingpin's like speaking mandarin to somebody 
I think like one of the crime lords he ends up speaking like Mandarin to. Does he? Um, I think so. Watch I thought Vincent said if... he would never do that again. <laughs> or like it, it, watch... regretted that so much. I know, and then that's just I mean, it goes just speaks volumes about just how poorly he thought of Echo. Like again, I don't think the people that wrote Echo actually went back and watched that. Maybe they did. If they did, awesome. Yeah. Oh, oh! So you're talking about the fact that like Kingpin could learn Mandarin, but he didn't bother to learn any ASL. Learn ASL, yeah. yes, yeah, yeah. Just another Marvel bad dad. Though I love <laughs> true, <laughs> but I love that it stuck with the theme that Kingpin loves so hard. Like he doesn't love mm-hmm. many people, but like when he does, it is serious. Yeah, and the the complexity. I like you truly believe that he really in his head thinks that he is treating her the way that he's supposed to, but it's so like manipulative and gross and unhealthy. And like, it just shows how trapped he is and the abuse that he grew up in. And like the way it makes him sympathetic, but also stomach like, like it's so juicy like you you feel like you have to feel everything about him you almost feel sympathetic but then he does something that just makes you want to punch him in the face you're like no i don't feel sympathetic and like like the it's so good like that that's the uh interpreter scene where they just had the plastic hanging up in the hallway and he gives us probably one of the best reaction gifts ever by just continuing to slice and eat his steak you know it's uh, little moments like that. Did you realize that was coming when you saw the plastic? Because uh, I didn't. I, I was just you... like, oh, he must be getting his home renovated. So it'll look like in Daredevil right. or, you know, whatever timeline we're in. Right. And then it was in the trailer, though, when they were like wrapping the body up yeah. from that uh-huh. same scene. So I'm like, oh, man, that's kind of nuts about the trailer. But... That was another one where I felt like they shot it. And then later they were like. Hey, CGI on some some more blood onto the that plastic, so <laughs> yeah. we make it more TVMA. You know, like <laughs> yeah, yeah. But all in all, I would honestly probably give the show a six five or seven, six point five seven, maybe seven and a half. Yeah, it'd be a solid seven, seven to eight. I don't know. My standards are so low right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it, it definitely does give some hope that like there's going to be some variety in the stuff. You know, I say that I think Marvel's given us a lot of variety since Endgame. I think that's actually part of the problem right. is that they've taken so many swings that people fuss about it. But um, the fact that we got like a gritty crime drama to go along with the black and white universal horror movie and the like, you know, um, the odd Egyptian mythology mental health mashup thing that was you know like I think they've made a lot of really interesting stuff and I like having something else that's different than everything else before it so all right well it is I think a uh it's it's one of those rare three three thumbs up from the Marvel News Desk crew so excellent job Marvel Nice, nice show to end the podcast on. But, <laughs> Basically. Right. So I forget the issue. Now we still need to but go ahead. Now Adam. we need to think of something else to talk for two episodes about. 
Yeah, I don't think we even well, have that much. It's not going to be new still, shows. I still haven't done Food News Desk. That like that thing we recorded, oh, okay. I haven't put out yet. So we'll put this out, and then we'll do that, and then I think we're to two fifty, so we can do a like I don't know, like a wrap up show or whatever. So Some, uh, or something special, Adam. Something yeah. special. I'm working. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I know we. I was thinking we should go back. Who do we all like? We entered. We had uh, Emmy Walker from Inhumans on. Yeah, I, I thought about that. Have, like I thought we should me. bring him back. <laughs> And then we, talked... we had someone from Spider Verse that I don't remember. Yes, and he had a job title that we messed up, and we got in trouble for not giving it right the right way. Uh... Do you remember that? I don't remember that part. We called him an animator, and they were like, "Actually, oh, he is yeah. he is like assistant VP of character something." And we're like, "Okay, sorry, <laughs> we fixed it." <laughs> yeah. And then we had um, yeah. uh, I don't even remember that guy from Hellstrom. Oh, Elaine. Yeah. Yeah, Elaine. We can, uh, let's work on that. We can do like a reunion thing. We'll have to record them all separately. Then Mitch, man. Oh, they're fighting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The cats are are having fun. Kels, come look quick. (laughs) Rhiannon's cats are fighting. (laughs) They're playing. They play in their tree. Oh, they're playing. They're not fighting. I mean, they're play fighting. They're cat playing. They've been doing it the whole podcast. Oh, I just noticed them now. Yeah, no, they've been doing it the whole time. You're very blurry. I know. <sighs> hey. <laughs> They're like, we're not going to be your monkeys. <laughs> How are you feeling, Kelsey? How are you feeling, Kelsey? Caleb said. Good. Good. Mm-hmm. Oh, you big. Pregnant. Yeah. She's very pregnant. But... Yeah, but she's she... oh. <laughs> second trimester now. But just right? one. Yeah. Well, 26 weeks? 25 on Tuesday? 25. Okay. Yeah, that's what that's the best part, you know? Like I'm close up. That, fir- that first trimester you feel super sick and that third trimester you start to get tired of it, but she's in the Oh yeah, she now. puked a lot. Too she, much though. Yeah, you puked a lot. She's like a good puker though. For for my wife it was uh she didn't like coffee when she was pregnant. Like she loves coffee usually, but like it turned her stomach when she got pregnant. Mm. So there was one, there was one of the pregnancies where like we went out for a family day and she went to order some coffee and she bought it and she sipped it. She's like, "Mm, this doesn't taste good. And I was like, oh, okay. We're doing that. Okay. You know, like it was kind of a a sign that something may be coming. Nice. You see him, Adam? Yeah, they're so cute. They're so cute. Mm, I love cats now. All right. Well, we have a uh, person. We've got a story that I think these guys want to off air. So thanks for listening to the podcast. We will talk <laughs> to you guys later. <laughs> See you uh, soon.